It is a strong tower where the righteous run into and they are safe. Lord, we thank you because your hand is stretched this day. And because you are the same yesterday, today and forever. You have always protected your people. And Lord, we declare for the families that are represented here our friends out there. Lord, we just speak the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the blessings that make rich and add no sorrow, that your Father, your angel of life, will be there to protect each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, and everybody say it, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, David. May just pray a little bit for me. Go with me to the book of Nehemiah. 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 In chapter 1, we see that Nehemiah receives an information from one of his brethren who had come to visit him in verse chapter 1 verse 2 says that Hanani one of my brethren came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem and they said to me the survivors 
who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burnt with fire. Chapter 2 verse 11 uh, to, to 15, chapter 2 verse 11 to 15, so Nehemiah uh, came to Jerusalem and he was there for three days. And then he says, I arose in the night and I and the few men with me, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one which I rode. And I went out uh, by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burnt with fire. Then I went on the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. Verse 15, so I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. And then I turned back and entered the valley gate and so returned. This is the word of God uh, this morning. And uh, as we continue on the subject of rebuilding, is there an area in your life, my life, that we need to rebuild? And this morning I want to talk about uh, rebuilding the real me. Rebuilding the real me. Now, despite the fact uh, that the exiled or uh, the Jews had returned from exile and they had been in Jerusalem for many years the walls and the city remained uh, broken down leaving the people of God defenseless and vulnerable And I want you to go with me. And there are two things that I want to talk about today. The people were vulnerable. The gates. And I want you to know that gates are very important every time you see that word in the Bible. Because this is where the ancient local elders sat. This is a place of authority. But they are broken down. They are burnt down. Now, most, listen to this, most of our Christian preaching and teaching focuses on restoring our relationship back to God. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. The message of salvation is important 
and it is fundamental as a starting point of our understanding. Being born again is very important for us. But brothers and sisters, we should not stop here at, an, at acknowledging the need of being restored back to our relationship with God. Because our, the purposes of God does not end there. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Salvation does not conclude God's purposes in life for us. And there are two things I want us to look at today. Number one, God desires to return you and I to restored rulership. Because you have become a company of kings and priests. God wants you to dominate the sphere of your influence. God wants you to dominate your marketplace. God wants you to dominate every place where the sole of your feet will tread upon. God has given it to you for your possession. Now, this means that if God desires to return you and I to restore rulership, then this means a recovery of self-control, personal identity, and a stabilized temperament and character. There are certain things in my life I should not disregard, even issues of character, my temperament. That's very important in life. And those are the things that I want us to look at and ask ourselves a question, how can we build them up? This means the fulfillment of Romans chapter 5, verse 17 in New uh, NIV. He says, For if by trespass, one man's death reigned, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? Reign in life. Reign in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Reigning life through Jesus Christ. And I said we are a company of kings and priests. Now this means that God's grace in action results in a life that has been restored to its original purpose. I repeat that again. That this means that God's grace in action results in a life that has been restored to its original purpose. One that has been established 
strengthened and settled. Strengthened, established, and settled. As we rebuild, that's where we must go. That's where our focus must be. First Peter chapter 5, verse uh, 10, New King James says, May the grace, may, may the God of all grace, who has, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. And I came to encourage you, brethren, let us not look at this thing, the pandemic, as, as, as if it's the end. Because when we have suffered a while, because if our Christ suffered, if we are to be identified with him, even us, we must go through certain sufferings. But the sufferings are not coming to destroy us. After you have suffered a while, there will be a perfection, establishment, and a strengthening, and a resettlement. I pray that God will remember the church. I pray that God will remember the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So the essence of rebuilding does not focus on a restored relationship per se. It must ensure the restored rule. It must ensure the recovery of a godly people's identity in self-governing and ensuring their city is restored again. This is what Nehemiah is more concerned. Because, yes, God has fulfilled his word. He has returned back the captives. He has enabled them to rebuild the temple and the worship service is going on but if you look at the people of God in Jerusalem there is something that is not complete in their lives Jerusalem was once glorious but now is full of rubble it's full of rubbish is full of heaps of rubble. Do we ourselves see our lives full of rubble? Things that we need to remove. And that's why when Jeremiah and Nehemiah came, he was there for three days. And he had to go to a place to identify and to do a self-evaluation before he began to do what God had put in his heart. 
he had to go to a point where he could not continue further because the rubble was too much. And that's where he started the work of rebuilding so that the passage can be opened again. And as long as the wall is not built, as long as the gates are not established again, you can have a nice temple, you can have nice worship services, but the enemy still have loopholes to come into the city and attack the people of God. That which must be rebuilt so that the enemy will be kept away even in the nations of the earth must be done now so that the enemies of our destiny can be put away. Jerusalem was once glorious, but now full of rubble. The citizens must learn to rule their daily lives. Even as the government talks to us about the COVID-19, listen to me, the citizens must learn to rule their daily lives. The government will do whatever it, it will have to do, but you have to watch over your daily lives. The talk between Nehemiah and Hanani, a relative, in chapter 1, verse 2 and 4, He told Nehemiah that the exiles were experiencing great difficulty in life. They were in great distress and reproach. And what was the cause? The cause was the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates were burnt down. And unread for us a scripture this morning. And Karugash, we were doing our prayers. Exodus 6, verse 19 in New King James. And that really was encouraging me that the Israelites also had the same trouble. 6 9, not 19, 6 9. Sorry. And Moses spoke to the people of God, but they did not heed what he told them because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage now let me tell you guys even as we go through the pandemic cruel bondage and anguish let us find ourselves in a place of obedience because in Jerusalem, it's the same thing that was happening. They had delayed in rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the wall because the priorities were wrong. And Hanani complaint focused on their major embarrassment of people 
who had a solid evidence of a relationship with God. Hawa ni watu wa Mungu lakini wako na mashida zao. And the enemy focused on mocking them. Look at them. Where is their God? We must get to a place where we reach out to our God like never before and do what we must do because even in the midst of the opposition of the enemy our God is still God now God has had fulfilled his word listen to this and returned the Jews to their homeland he had helped them to rebuild the temple and when finished they began the worship service the worship was dynamic The people of God are in anguish. The people of God are under a cruel bondage. What is this that they needed to do to stop the enemy coming in? And I want you to know that the walls and the gates represent something in your life. They represent something. Because you can't have the temple where we have made Jesus to sit on the throne of our heart and the walls are broken. So the walls must be rebuilt. Hallelujah. I don't know what walls you need to rebuild in your life, but they need to be rebuilt. And this meant that these guys had relationship with God completely restored. They were faithful in their worship service. With all this in place, however, Hanani reported the incompleteness of their situation. What we need to do. Some things are not perfected yet. And that's not to disqualify that our God is out there. Now the city, which was the center of government, was in shambles. Without the walls, the city was open to the enemy. With destroyed gates, there was no way of stopping the enemy. There was no focus. Listen, the people of Jerusalem, they had no focus of government. For in ancient times, the city gates were seats of rule. The church must do whatever it must do to return to that place of authority. So that when we pray our prayers, we will not miss we will begin to dominate in the sphere of our influence. This is what we must do as a body of Christ. For Nehemiah, that meant that they had a life with God, but no evidence of it affecting the daily details of life. 
they lived in embarrassment. We refuse embarrassment in the name of Jesus. But while you would say amen. You can be a born again Christian. And yet part of your personality is a contradiction to the power of the God you worship. You can come to church every Sunday. And yet your personality is a contradiction to the power of the God you worship. The, seat to, the gates were burned down and the walls were broken down. There was a sense of reproach and distress as Hanani expressed to his, I don't know whether he was his cousin or his uncle, I don't know who he was. Now today we feel this, the same impacts of COVID-19s, but I came to encourage you this morning that we can have hope in God. Because he who began this good thing in your life, he will bring it to completion. He who have started something in your life, it's not yet over until he says it's over. Hallelujah. Though Israel had returned, though they had a restored relationship and built their temple and worshipped God, the rubble was a sad, humiliating evidence. Are there things my brothers and sisters, that we need to deal with as a nation. Are there things that we need to deal with as a body of Christ? Are there things? LFM, I came to tell you today to be patient with rebuilding the real you. And I want you to understand that your recovery process is different from that of your friend. The recovery process is different from that person who is sitting next to you. It's completely different. David says that the Lord is my shepherd. And he, in uh, Psalms 23 verse 2 and 3 he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, God does this to recover whatever remains wounded and broken in us. And He uses the Holy Spirit to do the work of recovery. Now, number two thing that I want us to deal with is dealing with condemnation. Nehemiah narrates, na narrative provides the truth that serves to unmask what may hinder our fullest development, which is condemnation. 
Because the enemy ends up condemning us easily. But I want us to know that Jesus is our Savior and our soul restoring Good Shepherd. He leads us beside the river of the Holy Spirit inspired truth that will deliver us from shackles of condemnation. Even in the midst of losing those we love today, God has still not forsaken you. God has not left you because he said he will never leave you until the end of time. Hallelujah. So he leads us beside the rivers of the Holy Spirit inspired truth that will, that will deliver us from shackles of condemnation. Nehemiah restoration work in Jerusalem is representative of the way the Holy Spirit begins his rebuilding in us. Out of ten gates, and don't, don't jump that chapter where he talks about the gates. Out of ten gates along the wall, along the Jerusalem wall, Nehemiah only visited three. Nehemiah only visited the place where there was the most issues that needed to be dealt with. Which are the areas in your life that you need to visit? Even as we rebuild. He needed to find out where he would focus his effort. Until he came to that point where he could no longer move on. Then he stopped. Then he knew, I've got it. Even before he told the governors, even before he told the other people who would participate in the rebuilding, he had to discover it himself first. He said, this is it. This is where the problem is. Because when you come to that point, then you cannot go any further. And he knew he had to start there. At this point, the destruction over the years was so much that the rubble had brought the passage at every turn. That's where he needed to focus on. He came to a point where he could go no further. It was too dangerous to move any further. He turned back and entered through the valley gates as we see in chapter 2 verse 15. His report gives us a sense of the devastation and the at hand and the enormity of the tasks that he faced. Nehemiah arrived at the scene of his mission and he was there for three days. He did not even interact with anybody else. 
Some of us, sometimes we are too quick when God speaks to us, we are too quick to rush and share our ideas. Nehemiah stayed for three days. Didn't share it with anybody. Didn't tell them what God had put in their hearts. Hmm? We are living in a generation of WikiLeaks. We leak information. And sometimes we leak information to an enemy of our destiny. Nehemiah did not tell anybody. He stayed with what God had told him until he went to the root cause of the problem. I say this to tell you, people of God, that we need patience during God's waiting periods like Nehemiah. We need to be patient. We need to be patient. Even with the enemy outside our doors, we need to be patient. Even the enemy in our country, we need to be patient. Even with the enemy in our business sector, we need to wait on our God. Wait on Him. God is in charge. Wait on Him. And I want to say something even during this service, even during this COVID that we are encountering in that way, God doesn't have to prove anything. He is still God. He's in charge. He doesn't have to prove anything. He's in charge. Wait on him. Hmm? Wait on him, my brother. Wait on him, my sister. Nehemiah waited before he revealed his plan. Don't be too quick to review your plan to anybody, even those you call friends. Hmm? They are the one who will leak it out. And when they leak it out, it is twisted. It has never changed. And it will not change for you. Nehemiah says, in chapter 2, verse 12, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. And I want to say something that even in times of COVID-19, God is still speaking to his people. Let him speak to you. Hallelujah. Let him talk to you. Let him tell you how you need to hide from the enemy who is out there. I came to tell you today that God is active in dark moments. In Genesis chapter 32, Jacob wrestled all night. And gained a new identity 
It was in the dark moments. That's when he wrestled all night and he gained a new identity. Israel, Passover, deliverance took place in the night. Exodus chapter 12. The Passover took place in the night. God is active even in dark moments. Gideon battle unto victory began in midnight hour. Judges chapter 7. It is in the midnight hour when some people are revealing the dreams that they had and God spoke to Gideon and Gideon moved into victory. This dark hour is the hour of our God. It's not the hour of the enemy. Paul and Silas at midnight they were in a prison and they praised God and the prison doors opened. I want to declare something that even in the hour of darkness our prison door can open as we praise him the chains the enemy puts around us can be broken because the dark hour it's not the hour of the devil it's the hour of our God hallelujah the prison doors were shut but the church was praying somewhere and as Paul and Cyrus began to pray listen to me there are prayers you can pray but listen to me when you begin to praise God the worship when it goes up the glory of God will come down what we need to do again is to restore the glory of God upon our altars upon our homes Whatever the apparent darkness, God never forsakes the works of his hands. Psalms 138, verse 8. He never. He's not going to do it in the year 2021. He never forsakes the works. Of his hands. <laughs> the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. I prophesy the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. I say it again. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Your mercies, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Uh -uh. It is the psalmist who was telling God not to forget the works of his hands, which is you and I. Glory to God. LFM. Dark times are intended for your rest. Dark times 
I intended for your rest. This is the time to rest. When they come, listen LFM, lean back, recline in the arms of the everlasting Father. When they come, recline to his shoulders because he's there for you. What a fellowship. What a leaning on the ever. Stand up, we sing it. appreciate the bishop and again let's appreciate the king of kings and the lord of lords. 